1: I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. As Californians, we've unfortunately gotten used to hearing news about wildfires, but somehow the images of Big Sur on fire in the middle of the winter are still shocking. That's the sound of the Colorado fire, which has already burned about 700 acres of the Big Sur coast in Monterey County. Hundreds of residents have had to evacuate. As of this recording, the fire is about 45% contained. The flames made their way through the hills and canyons along Highway 1, getting dangerously close to the famous Bixby Bridge. Many people recognize that stunning arch bridge from the opening credits of HBO's Big Little Lies, but for many Bay Area residents, it's a treasured getaway destination. Coastal fires are rare, but this one is the first in a decade to burn more than 100 acres in this part of the Big Sur coastline. The state is entering its third year of a historic drought despite some heavy rainfall last month. And that means the landscape has changed, which means the timing of fire seasons has also changed. Here to talk about this uncommon winter wildfire and why they may become more common is Chronicle reporter Curtis Alexander. Curtis, thanks for being back on Fifth Emission.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: So, Curtis, the wildfire that's burning in Big Sur right now has been described as a rare winter event. Can you tell me why?
2: Well, normally, January is an extremely wet time in California, and obviously when it's raining out and the soils and vegetation are waterlogged, there's not much of a threat of a fire. Most of California's rain comes between November and March, and as a result, this is just not your typical fire season and thinking about Big Sur and uh, our past coverage here at the Chronicle, um, I'm thinking about covering mudslides and debris flows and all the big storms that hit the coast and wash out bridges and roads and sometimes homes and we've been down covering that in past years. Um, it just hasn't been wildfire uh, that we've been covering in, in, in January.
1: So the last time you were on the show, Curtis, it was right at the start of the new year, and we talked about how the state was experiencing its wettest weeks in years, and there was some record-breaking snowfall in the Sierra even. Northern California was enjoying a lot of water, but now one of our beloved regions, Big Sur, is experiencing this wildfire. Can you explain why it's happening?
2: December was super wet. I remember talking to you then about all the cars getting stuck in the snowstorm up in Tahoe, And the reservoirs filling up along the coast and uh, precipitation records being set across the state, Uh, there was a series of atmospheric rivers that just blasted California from the Pacific. And, um, And some water agencies have gone as far as getting rid of or scaling back their water restrictions because of all the moisture in December. January, though, has been a whole different story. It's just been extremely dry. Forecasters have told me that there's a high-pressure system that has established itself off of California, and this keeps the storm track from coming into the state and bumps up the storms to the Pacific Northwest, where they have gotten a considerable amount of rain and snow. In terms of Big Sur, in January, there's been less than a tenth of an inch of rain. It rained on one day, January 7th this month. We're still a week off from the end of January, but in January, Big Sur typically sees eight inches of rain, at least eight inches of rain. So uh, it's a really big shortfall. The other thing that fire experts and climate scientists note is that we're coming off of two extremely dry years. In fact, in many parts of the state, it's been the hottest and driest two-year back-to-back period in the state's history. Even though there was a lot of moisture in December, uh, the hills, the valleys, the mountains, are still dry. And um, one storm or one series of storms isn't going to necessarily prevent the foliage from burning.
1: So we know that this historic drought has changed the landscape, but do we know exactly what started the fire? I know there were some really strong winds this past weekend.
2: Cal Fire investigators said on Tuesday afternoon that the fire was caused by a stray ember from a burn pile. They didn't say where the burn pile was, but I expect those details will come to light in the coming days. Of course, what was behind the fire spread was the recent dry spell and the lingering drought. Another factor that folks have noted is the wind speeds on Friday going into the weekend. In Monterey, the National Weather Service recorded gusts at up to 30 miles per hour. It's pretty strong. It's not as strong as some of the winds that were experienced in the Bay Area over the weekend. Up in Sonoma County, there were gusts that were reported up to 90 miles per hour. These were the type of winds that fanned the big fires that California has seen in recent years, like the Camp Fire, and the wine country fires in Monterey, the wind speeds were not nearly as strong. But as we see now, they can still be problematic.
1: You're listening to Fifth Admission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. what makes the Colorado fire particularly challenging for fire crews I mean we saw those really sobering images of the fires near the Bixby bridge and it, it's not an easy terrain I, I understand but what might have been some of the unique challenges for firefighters
2: well I haven't been down to see the Colorado fire but I've been down the Big Sur a whole bunch and I uh, One thing I know about that area is that it's super steep. You know, the mountains might not be as big as the mountains in the Sierra, and the acreage might not be as broad, but uh, getting into some of those deep canyons and up on top of those ridges where the fire can burn is really, really tough. So I think accessibility is the biggest issue at this point.
1: And this wasn't the first time the region has seen a big fire. In 2016, there was the Soberanis Fire, and that burned for nearly three months and was one of the most expensive wildfires in U.S. history. You know, over the years, we've unfortunately had a lot of catastrophic wildfires in the state. How do previous fire scars factor into new fires? Do they provide any protection?
2: Wildfires, as we've all learned, is sort of a part of California's natural rhythms um, I think before so many people lived in California, fires would naturally burn in the forests and grasslands, and in doing so, they would they would clear out a lot of the buildup of brush and vegetation and dead trees, and make the forests and grasslands a lot more hardier from fire. So when fires burn, they wouldn't burn as hot or. As violently as they would if a fire had been there. So to answer your question, yes, I think if there are burn scars on the landscape and there's a history of fire in areas, um, a fire is going to burn a lot less catastrophically. And I think your question speaks to one of the underlying problems with fires in California, and for that matter, across the West. For decades, it was state federal fire policy to put out fires as quickly as possible and not allow them to naturally burn. So as a result, we've got this buildup of fuels that we're dealing with now. And this has really been one of the reasons we've had these really big record-setting fires in recent years.
1: We know that the drought is far from being over, despite all the rain that we've seen in recent months. So what is the solution? Do we need more rain? Do we need more strategic or natural burns like you're describing?
2: Yeah, a lot of good questions there, almost all of the above. As far as the fire goes, I think more prescribed burning or intentionally lighting fires to reduce the fuel loads would go a long way to reducing the wildfire crisis as far as the drought goes, we do need more rain. And um, I think the last time you and I talked, uh, water managers were telling me that in order to make a significant dent in the drought and kind of get out of this water problem we're in right now, we would need about 140 to 150% of California's average winter precipitation this year. And in December, with all those big storms, we had um, up above 150 percent of average rain and snow. However, it looks like the January numbers are going to come in well below average rainfall. So we've got about two months left in the wet season, February and March. So um, we'll see how those months play out.
1: I mean, the images that we saw of Big Sur on fire is sobering because it makes me think about areas that are more fire-prone. This was a coastal fire. It was a rare winter event. What should we be bracing ourselves for when we look at lands that are more prone to fire? Should we expect more devastation as we enter this this other year of a drought?
2: Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more fire danger, uh, certainly with the drought, as you say things are going to be a lot more prone to burning. I, I think it's going to depend largely on how late in the season we do get rains this year. If uh, we don't see any more rains, um, it, it's going to be a horrible year in terms of wildfire. During the wintertime time you don't see as many fires in the Sierra because even during these three- to four-week dry spells, you have snow up there and it melts and kind of keeps landscape a little bit moist. Uh, Along the coast, things just generally dry out. and The temperatures tend to be higher. So this time of year, we get a lot more fire on the coast when we have fire. But, um, you know, just as soon as things start drying up in the big mountains, that's when it's going to be a real problem up there.
1: As Californians we sort of know that there's sort of this unofficial fifth season each year. It's fire season and overlaps both summer and fall. We know when to anticipate these devastating wildfires and all that smoky air, unfortunately, but is this Big Sur fire an indicator that we should be thinking that fire season is now year-round?
2: Cal Fire, the agency that battles a lot of these fires, has been talking about a year-round fire season for a long time. largely due to the warming climate. The landscapes in California are just drier, and we're seeing more and more intense droughts. And all this means that things are more apt to burn year-round, no matter what time of month it is. And um, in speaking with Cal Fire today, they had a laundry list of fires that have burned on the cusp of winter and going into January and February, when we least expect the fires. And just to name a few, we had the Thomas Fire in 2017, which was the eighth largest fire on record in California, burned almost 300,000 acres. And that started on December 4th and burned through March. It was just south of Big Sur in the Santa Barbara area and even the. The Paradise Fire, the Camp Fire, that was the deadliest, killed more than 80 people. That started in November, burned through Thanksgiving. I remember uh, driving down to Big Sur to cover a fire in 2014, the Pfeiffer Fire, which burned 35 homes. And that was just a, a week or so before Christmas. So these types of fires are happening and um, will probably continue to happen year-round as temperatures continue to rise and as droughts become more intense.
1: hmm and unfortunately become less and less rare. Curtis, thank you so much for your reporting and thanks for chatting with me.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Curtis Alexander writes about water, wildfire, and climate change for The Chronicle. His story about Big Sur, as well as his other reporting, is online now at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. A reminder that The Chronicle has an interactive map of the state's current wildfires. It's tracking the Colorado fire, and you can check that out at sfchronicle.com slash firemap. Thanks to Taya Francesca Price for producing this episode and to you for listening.